Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Monday's episode of the Terrace Podcast. My name is Craig Kearns and I'm joined this evening by Graham Thielis. How are you doing, Graham? I'm good, Craig. How are you getting on, man? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's um, This is the latest I've done a podcast in a while. What about you? It's the, it is the, it's the first time I've done a Monday podcast, actually talking about the weekend's football and rather than half an hour of nonsense with somebody on a really specific subject. So it's been quite pleasant, actually, paying attention to what happened to football the weekend. How, how long has it been? Weeks, months. I can't, I genuinely can't remember the last time I did a Monday podcast. Um, it's a very rare, rare occurrence for me at the moment. But yeah, things are well. So let's do a Monday podcast. And one, let's start on a positive note. One of the things you would have been paying attention to would have been Dundee United somewhere out of the 1983 vintage or something who beat Motherwell by two goals to one. And Motherwell should have had nine points from their last three matches in which they've amassed zero points. Is that that's right, Graham? Isn't it? That's accurate. Yeah, because we didn't win games, um, but we played. I, I like genuinely. I, I've I've kind of lost track as to whether we're good, bad, and indifferent at this point. Um, it was very strange. Um, watched the game, and then there was a lot of comments from United fans after the game who seemed to think we were really good. Um, I thought we were. I thought we were pretty poor. Um, there are. I know Joel um, spoke at length. Um, well, he didn't speak at length. He just kept saying he had reservations about Motherwell, um, which, in hindsight, his reservations, his reservations were probably spot on the money. Um, he was just a couple of weeks ahead of everybody else. Um, from a Motherwell perspective, um, we are deeply lacking someone with a bit of um, deeply lacking a footballer in the middle of the park essentially I'm, I remain kind of unconvinced by Sean Goss he had a better game um, at the weekend than he did the weekend before um, Grimshaw for all he is God loves a trial 
Um, he's not a great footballer. Um, Slattery looks like he's having to carry an awful lot of weight for the other two midfielders who aren't really offering a huge amount in there. Um, we're struggling um, a little bit at the moment to put together anything in particular. And even in saying that, as kind of as down as a, as kind of as I am, and, and quite a few Motherwell fans are on the, the weekend's performance, still could quite conceivably have come away with this with two each, take a point from it. And I think everyone would have gone home, gone home happy with that. I don't think there'd have been a huge amount of complaint from United. Um, but similarly, there seemed to be, as I say, there was grumbling certainly after the game from Motherwell. And it's it's less so the performance in this game, but it's more the performance in the last few games in which the, the issues that we have are becoming clearer and clearer. Um, as good as someone as we had in recruitment, it seemed that we were tracking uh, uh, Robbie Gotts from Leeds United who ended up at Barrow for the whole time and he seemed to be I think the final piece of the puzzle essentially uh, which is why we've picked up that lad from the Irish League for in January who's going to be coming in um, because we are short a player and it's, it's an interesting way of doing things from Motherwell because it's not really how we've approached many things over the past few years it's all been a case of uh, going through cycles and then replenishing them and then doing it again and doing it again and over and over again this season feels far more that we've we have a plan in place in order to make a make a start in a living that's going to be here for eighteen months, um, which is the fact that we're the fact that we're sitting where we are in the league at the moment and we're still missing bits and pieces of that jigsaw um, is a positive. I think we can be an awful lot better than we've shown, um, and I'm hopeful that adding a number ten to the mix will be able to do that as well. Um, you mentioned that. If it had ended a draw, both teams maybe could have been happy with that. But I think maybe another way to look at it would be to say that Dundee United have shown a few different ways to win games recently. They 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 were narrowly winning matches um, by the odd goal, but still maybe performing better than 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 the results suggested. But now they've they've scalped a team, and now they've kind of had a, a win. Yeah, they've dug out like, and not just they, they've done. They did what Hearts couldn't do at the weekend, and that was concede a, a wee bit of a sucker punch, and then not be able. And they've just responded to it, whereas Hearts haven't been able to. And yeah. I, I think that's one of the interesting things about Dundee United now is that they um, they've shown different ways to win recently. I think um, I, I do think that now they've reached the the summit. Now that they're joint top. I, I just think that it happens so often when teams like this get to that point and then they start to fall away. And it's not to say that they're going to go on and have a poor or a disappointing season or anything like that. But uh, I think, yeah, I I can't see it going on too much longer. Uh, I mean, they're not going to put in a title challenge, surely. I kind of go the other way in that I I was really, I was really, really impressed by United at the weekend. Um, it seems they did an awful lot of things within the game in terms of moving the ball around, which is, it all felt a lot like the sort of thing you watch and go, that's dead easy to do. But the way in which they, it's fucking not like passing passing the ball through teams and around teams is about as difficult a thing as you can do in football. Um, a player in a one-on battle taking somebody on and beating them is far, far easier than arranging your team in such a way that there is always a man in space and there's always a man in a pass and again as I say I don't think Motherwell played particularly well at the weekend but there are a lot of guys in there that put in an awful lot of effort to chase people around and make things difficult for them and there was a number of times throughout the game 
that United just passed the ball through Motherwell like they weren't there and that's a team which is is loaded with confidence that's a team which is playing very well and even within that as well they're, they're kind of a collection of guys within that team that kind of feel are still getting a little bit up to speed um, and that Niskanen's come in and he's looked really good Levitt's sort of fairly new in the team Mulgrew, he's looked very as good as well exper- yeah Mulgrew as much as he's a, a, an experienced campaigner McMahon is still bedding in as well and they've brought in guys like Max Biamu as well who they seem to be quite keen on as well and I, I presume that's that's as much just to uh, kind of cover for the fact that McNulty's out for a few months as well Glass who's coming in and out of the team as well after his knee injury they seem to have a, a lot of guys and it almost feels a bit kind of like plug and play at the moment and giving people a rest and, and, and keeping the a, a bit of rotation within the squad as well and they've just been really impressive and the players that were there before in, in Edwards and Harks and Fuchs I mean Fuchs we, I think we spoke about a lot last year was the, kind of the star of United's team last year Harks looks as if he stepped up a little bit this year Edwards looks like as good a centre-half as you'll find in the league and standing next to Mulgrew um, both of them are, are looking very, very good and very, very solid Motherwell had a, a huge number of attacks within the game as well and there were big chunks of the game where United was just batting them away like it was sort of big boys bullying wee boys uh, and big parts there and like I say Niskanen has been really impressive since he's come in as well he, he he kind of flitted in and out of the game but that's he's just arrived within the country as well um, so he's going to take a little bit of time to get up to speed but certainly there's a lot of positives there for United as well what I really enjoyed particularly was uh, the first um, clip watching back of uh, Edward's goal if you if you play the video solely from when Charlie Mulgrew skips by somebody that goal if you're unaware it's come from a free kick uh, which is has left bodies in there that goal makes absolutely fucking zero sense <laughs> as it's Mulgrew on the right wing skipping by someone whipping a ball into his centre half partner <laughs> the fact that it's, it's stemmed from a free kick is irrelevant because if you just watch it in isolation which I imagine a collection of people may do it will make absolutely no sense to you and you'll maybe have a wonder of what on earth is is Tam Court's a tactical genius yeah later on he plays a 1-2 with the centre centre partner to to, to win it yeah I I was going to say that Dundee United I mean you've listed them all so I won't go through them again but Dundee United have had have have really gone under the radar how well they've done in the in the transfer window in recent times Uh, Levitt's been great. I mean, I, I guess I said I'm not going to go through all the ones, yeah, yeah. but even even not just the window that we've just had, but the but last season, the likes of Fuchs and Edwards, they they really have uh, built a decent squad there. And as I feel like I say every week now, Tam Kurtz really seems to know what he's doing. Let's go on up to Dingwall if you don't mind, Graham. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. What an absolute giggle this game was. <laughs> so I, I watched this and County dominated. Most of the first half, half hour just absolutely pounded uh, Livingston. Hungbo and Reagan Charles Cook were the best two players in the pitch, the, the the whole match. And in that time, County scored. Great goal. Uh, Montano's got to get out, and, but I don't know why there's three players trying to go for the guy on the ball there. Uh, it was a really poor goal to lose. Clark shows how technically proficient he is there. He just arrows that in the corner. It's a beauty. And then they miss a penalty. Again, their strikers fail to do anything uh, across this match, and they just they just crumbled after that. They, how much of it was their heads went down? 
and how much of it was it really gave Livy a kick up the backside I'm not entirely sure but County was just a shambles defensively after that the, the space Kelly's got and the space Anderson's got for that for that equaliser and then after that there's just I mean I say there's only going to be one winner it, it, it didn't really look like that for large parts of the second half as well but um, the, it just it just showed you yet again that they they, they just can't rely on this defence they, they just don't seem to have barely one never mind two decent centre-halves. Maybe Clark's their best one, but he's been playing right-back recently, and I think actually quite suits him, and he's been playing well there. They've got him, Spittle, um, and the two wingers that I mentioned. Other than that, they're really not getting performances out of anyone on a was, weekly basis. It was, it was one of those ones that popped up on live school that, that Jordan White's missed a penalty, and immediately it was one of those ones you saw... And, they're going to lose this game now. Like, it's an absolute, you, you know, you know they're going to lose this game. At that point, you go two nothing up after the start of the season that they've had. I said a couple of weeks ago as well that I was kind of worried that I was worried if you're county, you've got to be worried that you're almost through like a full a full round of fixtures. I still not picked up a win, and it was a, a couple of weeks ago that looking at the ties and it was a case of like, well, see if they see if they can if they can pick up a if they can pick up a win here. Then if they pick up a win here, then maybe maybe they just start to turn around. And you start to look up the table, and then like the Livingston game that you look at. Um, so it was, this, it was the St Mirren game, and you looked at it and went, "Well, if if we can beat St Mirren, if we get a result at home against St Mirren, start to turn things around a little bit." And then you look at the Livy game and you go, "Well, if we can beat St Mirren and Livy's there, and then the Dundee game, which is the one which is is coming up midweek, and that's that's huge for them. It looks Absolutely very tricky now." It looks very tricky. Dundee are a better team because Charlie Adams back and fit, and that's kind of the simplicity to it. Everything that Dundee do is based on Adam. Do you, do, do I in any way? This is some again. This is something that's inevitably going to be dug out for on Thursday afternoon. But do I believe that Ross County centre halves can stop Charlie Adam picking passes through their through their backline? I don't. Can it, as simple as that and then you've gone a full round of fixtures um, without picking up a win and then you're back into playing Hibs, Rangers, Dundee United it's you begin to wonder is like where, where are you going to start are you going to start to just scrap for draws because you can't win games so you just start scrapping for goals and try and pick up points here and there hoping that somebody else manages to fall in there with you they're really really struggling and it feels like every time I watch County at the moment as well they're giving away just some ludicrous goal and again it was the same at the weekend as well like the, the, the third goal that they conceded as well it's a nothing ball into the box and none of the centre halves none of the defence none of the midfielders just go and attack the ball just, and the, player, the guy that scores Parks he just stands between the two of them he just stands it's, it's, between the two of them a, and if, if you lose a game to a, an unbelievable strike or an un- unbelievable goal or something which is really well worked you hold up your hands and say right fine okay at this point, when you've still not picked up a win, you are desperately looking for any kind of point or anything, any type of positive. Then you've had two home games back to back, which you've lost three two. Both games you could very conceivably have taken something out of, but just lose, losing a goal like that again, it's just again, it's another kick while you're already down, and they're really, really struggling. And as I say, you've now gone through a full round of fixtures. You then need to go and play all of these teams again. You need to go, and then you're back into playing Rangers, Celtic. Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, good teams again that you've already dropped points to, so it's a struggle. Yeah, and Livingston, 
had three shots on target in this match, scored three goals. They had lovely a, finishes, like the two <laughs> goals, like yeah. Anderson's goal and, and Bailey's goal. Yeah, Bailey's really, great. really nice finishes. Uh, they had an XG of 0.56. <laughs> and then in the second half, they had an XG of just uh, 0.13, and they won, they won the second half 1 0. It just shows you how fragile, how vulnerable that Ross County defence is. And one thing, another thing I noticed as well is that when they conceded that goal at the end, nobody was angry. Nobody was shouting at anybody. They just, everybody just dropped or the shoulders dropped, head, head down. down. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think that's a good sign. Um, in terms of Livy though, the Martindale um, switched a back three at a point in the second half uh, and it kind of stemmed the tide a wee bit of the wingers taking the piss for quite a lot of the game, to be honest. They really <laughs> were. It's unbelievable how good they were uh, and maybe how bad... I, mean, I wouldn't say how poor overall Ross County were. I, I, they, they were they were good in an attacking sense. I still think um, even with that, uh, strikers are very, uh, a very a problem position for them at the moment. I did kind of wonder um, quite how Omionga was going to fit in there as well because he... I just kept thinking it was Lawson. I just kept seeing the thirty-three, and and it was it was I'd conditioned been conditioned to think that's Lawson. <laughs> it just it seemed like a very sort of almost like a marquee signing for them as well because I, I think all of us at various points as well were very impressed with him when he was at Hibs, and I was surprised that if he's coming back to Scotland, he hasn't ended up at Hibs at Hearts. He seems like a, a player of that just that level, just that level, just slightly above Livingston. Um, so you're delighted to see him back in Scotland again um, and I don't think he was at his best in this game particularly but again won the game so who cares get minutes in the legs and get him back playing yeah I would add that um, I said last week that the front three looked quite good I would retract that about Montano he he didn't really look anywhere near it to be honest and uh, Jason Holt Jason Holt was very good for them I thought he kind of kept things ticking for them about he he had a bit of dig about him as well. I think that that's something that Jason Holt's always had, despite his uh, despite his stature. Let's say, let's say he's always he's a had. Very, a, he's a very good player for Livingston, and alongside guys like Pittman as well. I know Holt's not been there as long as that, but he feels like um, the sort of character player in midfield. But not just that, but with with his ability as well, I'm always really impressed with Jason Holt. I wasn't convinced when they signed them, but and, and then a few months later, it was oh, damn, they've got me again. <laughs> Livingston signing somebody that I'm like, come on, that's not going to work, and they somehow they somehow do. Um, let's move on to Hearts one, Dundee Hibernian one. Hearts fans booing their team as they go top of the league, Graham. Uh, simply, Craig. Uh, I, I only really have one big thing to say here, which is that you could not write it, Jason Cummings. We get a goal against Hearts. You couldn't write it. It's it's no one no one could have possibly foreseen that happening at all. Yeah. Um this was kind of the inverse of the week before when Hearts played Rangers. They hung in there, they rode their luck, created one or two chances. We probably created a few more at the weekend. Oh, sorry, at Ibrox than Dundee did against us, but not marginal, not much. And then yeah, getting a capitalising on an error and getting an equaliser right at the end. I mean, it was it was almost exactly the same. To be honest, I have I have no idea how Hearts dropped points here. Truly, I have no idea. How, I watched it on the, the the double speed on this as well, and Hearts had more shots than any other team 
in the league this this weekend. They had the second most successful actions, they had the second most possession, and they had the most passes into the penalty box, and got a point. Like that doesn't make any. It, it makes it doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. Essentially, it's to, to to steal a McGuigganism. They weren't um, as um, they weren't there weren't a ton of clear cut chances. Lots of shots, lots of chances, yeah, but not a lot of clear cut ones. I mean, for again comparing it to the Rangers' performance the the week before, they were missing open goals and stuff. It wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't quite like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think you can begrudge Dundee their point. They 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 did well. Like I said, you ride your luck, you hang in. You, they, they defended well for large parts as well. Let's not like forget that. It did, it did watching it as well it, it kind of feel like Harps could have had the game wrapped up by half time and then spent the second half bringing on youth players or whatever in the way that you do but it was like I say it didn't feel wasteful um, it just kind of felt like it just wasn't kind of your day and it did it had that sort of inevitability the longer the game went on with it as well um, I was really impressed with Woodburn I thought he was very good um, the way he moves the ball and the way he picks up space and brings other people into the game is always very impressive as well I also really enjoyed uh, more than anything in this game quite how much Robbie Nielsen looked kind of like a caged animal it had that sort of David Blaine look when he was sitting in the press seats because they've got the big shields around them as well you he say David looked- Blaine there's one from last season when he's really really angry and it's taken from more of an angle and he it, he looks like Brian Potter it looks more like Brian Potter angry in his wheelchair rather than uh, David Blaine I would say just trapped inside a glass case of emotion, furious at what's going on in front of him. Yeah, it was. Uh, watch, I, I, I can understand why Hearts fans were frustrated at full time. Not entirely convinced why I'm sure. Not entirely sure why I'm why, why booing goes on, but then it's Hearts and it. Hearts love to boo. We failed to beat our biggest rivals. It seems the biggest rivals. Yes, of course. I think uh, the issues for Hearts. You were saying you had no idea. I think a few of the issues are things like Boyce goes off and there's nobody to come on or Boyce starts dropping deep or he's asked to play a bit deeper and there's not really... I say, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not saying there's nobody, but there's, there's maybe nobody good enough. I'm not sure Nandale, he, he's, he's shown it a few times off the bench, but he's not really uh, excited that much. And uh, in recent times... GMS and Ginelli have both come off the bench a number of times and I, I know um, they've both had injuries recently but they've not really put much productivity in recently and I think as good as Barry Mackay's been he's not scoring he's not scored a goal yet so I think I think despite how good we've been I think there are still we still have quite a thin squad and and we're going to come on to talk about Hibs, you see a few injuries and a few positions for them and they're kind of struggling. And I'd say we've got, we've probably got a similarish squad and that if we were to have a couple of injuries like that as well, then we we would probably be in a similar position. That said, uh, the, on a positive on Hearts, Suter's goal was absolutely terrific. Yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, he will... Be playing for Scotland again soon. I, I know you like to make fun of that, but I mean, it's hundred percent going to be in one of the next two or three Scotland squads. You would imagine so, but he'll probably get injured before he gets there. <laughs> the odds of that are probably <laughs> higher, sadly. Poor John Suter. Poor John. Poor John. Um, let's move on to the the live match on 
Sunday, and that was St Mirren 1, Rangers 2, Connor Ronan, who I was talking up a wee bit recently, he scored an absolute screamer. Fucking hell. (laughs) I'd I'd be sort of dotting around the house doing bits and pieces and literally sat down to see it turned on the telly, sat down to see him unleash it into the top corner, looking at it. The fuck just happened there? Like, have I... What it felt like one of those strikes from that you see on YouTube from like a, a Copa Libertadores game of a guy that you've never heard of and will never see again, just unleashing one at the top corner and watching it back, like every angle of it, it just gets better and better. It's an absolutely incredible strike. Um, and I've and, somehow uh, given myself credit for it. There you yeah, go. good, absolutely justifiable as well. Um, if you hadn't given him, if you hadn't talked him up, then maybe he wouldn't have had the confidence uh, there you go. to. to let it uh, let it unleash so uh, we know you're listening Connor so it's a fine strike mate and, and not only not only was it a fine strike St Mirren actually started this game on fire they looked excellent for the first what say 15-20 minutes or something like that yeah uh, I know we've kind of talked I, I think again I, I just I always just reference it being Joel that said something because it tends to be um, but the sort of collection of bodies that St Mirren have put together kind of feels like these the the performance that they're putting in is kind of the performance you would expect from the squad of players that you've put together there unfortunately for them they seem to pick up more injuries than just about anybody else so, as you're saying about Hearts just the, the thinness of squad there and Hibs as well we'll talk about later on but it looks like Erin's going about for a little bit looks like um uh, Tanzer came off at half time as well so you're going to have to look at look at back at Tate as well the McGrath one and, didn't look good McGrawan looked pretty unpleasant as well, which immediately that kind of you, you're then asking guys like Ronan who've come in and done really well to to really sort of step up into there as well and do an awful lot more um, and, and do it on a more regular basis when presumably you would have thought that they might be kind of bleed and blending having the squad a wee bit, a wee bit more slowly and a bit more time with that as well, um, and it also means that you're going to need to play Alan Power more, which is. Uh, probably not a great sign for St Mirren Do you think he I mean he's at fault for the, the challenge for the penalty there's no doubt about that but do you think he's at fault for giving away possession to begin with or do you think it was a poor pass into him I have my reservation I I felt last season um, as much as Power was a very good player for Kilmarnock for an extended period of time I kind of felt in the last six months of his his time at Kilmarnock I kind of felt like his influence was on the way and then um, and I was actually really surprised that St Mern took him but then I remembered that they're just signing up everybody that's played in Scotland for a period of time which is not it's not a bad strategy because you bring it, you're bring you bringing in guys who have a an experience in the league and, and an understanding of what's expected it's worked um, largely for them it's just and yeah, this, this is one of the instances that it's not worked yet so yeah um, I just kind of feel that he's just getting to that sort of half yard just off everything like it's just not mm. quite just not quite clicking for him it, it may just be for him but again I do wonder whether it's just he is just that little bit too little bit too slow to perform at this level anymore that's how he has had a few decent performances recently a couple of decent performances recently so uh, uh, but, but yeah he did look he did look kind of off the pace on this one and as we said that led to the penalty that Roof equalised from, and then Morelos reached a ton of goals, a ton of goals, and I, I did enjoy. I've had like not just in the not just in the terrace group chat, the sort of conversation of is Morelos the your, your favourite player that doesn't have anything to do with you? 
Um, I've had that in about three different group chats now this week. Um, and I think it's probably right. Like he is... I certainly listen to Ryan Christie has left the league. He was... I, I just loved watching Christie. I thought he was a fantastic player and spent a bit of time with DC and what he's been doing at Bournemouth as well, just because I'm a wee creep. Um, but the way that... The, the, just the... the and I, I, to a low to call it the aggression that Morales has in his game because then people think you're talking him down or, or suggesting that he's not a good footballer not at all just the aggression in which he does everything he seems to wake up every morning every, or every time he comes on the football pitch he seems to just choose choose uh, violence at every opportunity and I mean that in the, in the very best sense of just he is an aggressive player he sticks his body into places to win balls sticks his body into places to score goals is continually just a nuisance throughout the game and I love it to bits like it's exactly the sort of player which you fully understand why Rangers players, Rangers fans absolutely love him a bit because he is just everywhere he is all action all the time and scoring goals he, his goaling scoring record over the past I don't know was it 25 games hasn't been as impressive as it has been but he's also scored 100 Rangers goals and 199 Rangers appearances It's he's also the record scorer in Europe it's just unquestionable in terms of his ability and his what he what he brings to the team as well. Even when he's having and he scored against Celtic, man. Eventually, yes. But again, who fucking <laughs> that was like the one thing. Remember that was kind of being hung yeah, over yeah. him every time. That was that's what the pile on would be saying. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's not. He never scored against the, Celtic. I, the same as like Chris Boyd didn't score against Celtic. The boy that was running Boyd ever didn't against Celtic. Did he ever play against Celtic? He's usually dropped for a midfielder. Scored 138 goals for Rangers, like it was. And, like, if it's dead easy to score goals, how come every daft cunt hasn't scored 138 goals? Um, he's he's terrific, and that finish as well. <laughs> it felt kind of apt that his finish for 100 goals was just basically just being there at exactly the right moment at the right time and put in with his, like, his face or his chest or a combination of the both. He did um, not care. No. Give a shit, you score a goal. That's what you're a centre forward, you're paid to score goals. Get a fucking goal. I actually do like his celebration. I like the I like the originality of it. And he's kind of like, this is this is my place. But he did it with he did it with about ten times the aggression on this one. And he, his shorts were all rolled up because he had jumped into the crowd and it was just it was brilliant images. It was really good. So is his short thing is that appears to be his look at the moment. Oh, is it? Well. So he's pulled yeah. them up himself. I thought that was a consequence of him nah, jumping into in the, the European game in midweek. Uh, the referee got quite upset at him and told him he had to pull down his shorts. Well, I didn't see that. I don't know why. There was a, there was presumably some kind of reason as to why he has to pull down his shorts, but he had to pull down his shorts to come to the referee as well. Um, yeah. Uh, what I really enjoyed as well that Barisic almost created an absolutely carbon copy of his goal. From a few seasons ago as well. Really <laughs> I thought that when he was taking the free kick, actually. It was just when he's lining up and you could almost see him looking at it being like, oh, I've been here before. I've done this before, this. yeah. That'll be fine. Uh, but just, uh, just He also scored well. almost exactly the same one at St. Johnston. Yeah. But it was just, I would enjoy the symmetry of doing doing exactly the same thing for a second time just to highlight that actually he's quite good at taking free kicks. Okay, let's move on to Celtic Park where Celtic because that's where they play beat St Johnston 2-0 St Johnston offered nothing in this game Graham absolutely yes. nothing they went out not to concede six goals they didn't have a shot on target uh, Chris Kane's cleanest strike was at Cameron <laughs> Carter Vickers' testicles <laughs> and 
how how shite is Ver, Ver, uh, Vertinen? How do you is that how you say his name? How shite is Vertinen? If, Vertinen, if, I don't know. Yeah, if he can't get a game, I'm. I mean, I this is really hacked me off because I picked him in the the fantasy football draft because um, I was convinced that if you've gone to all the hassle of bringing him in and doing all the work and nonsense that you had to do to get him through and. Particularly in the aftermath of, of St Johnston's transfer window, which everyone appears to have forgotten that they were really upset. Um, don't really seem all that bothered anymore. Um, the thought was that well, we've brought in a centre forward who's going to score a bunch of goals and he's barely kicked the ball, uh, which you imagine is quite disappointing in that. In a lot of ways, it was the first time we'd seen Bryson this season as well um, in midfield who's appeared from nowhere. It, it's felt... I, I, um, it felt kind of very Tommy Wright of just chucking in a few guys to see what happens against Celtic and give them some minutes and not really worry about it and then move on um, which there was looking through looking through the stats report from it as well and things like the, the average distance the opponent's goal for possession losses and stuff like that and just the, the lines of where the, where the Celtic where Celtic played most of their football was essentially on the St Johnston 18 yard box um, for the majority of the game as well um, what I would say is that it was a, I know Craig Anderson had a, a bit of a feeling about Giacomakis um, which I sort of bought into as well that he feels very much like every other Celtic centre forward that they've paid sort of 2 to £3 million pounds for over the past 10 years who scores 3 goals and 24 appearances and then you never see him again um, it was a really nice finish it did look like I, I always buy an awful lot into how players move and the things they do with their body and it did feel very much a case of you actually like, that looks like a a, center, a good centre forwards finish for that goal Do you not think uh, Gigi's scoring record would suggest that he he, sh- he should and will be a success here? I don't trust um, the Dutch league at all. That's when they're going to the the English Premier League no one they're coming just, to Scotland just, just, just massive massive distrust for it as well just don't, no, don't trust no, it I'd say I'd say doing well in that the, league bodes well for the, them coming to Celtic the importance of Giacomacchus even if he isn't even if he doesn't replicate his Dutch league goal scoring form in this Celtic team I don't think matters particularly um, watching watching us play Celtic the other week my main sort of feeling was that they needed a full back um, and they needed a they needed a number nine who's actually a number seven but regardless and they needed a centre forward and they needed a full back in order to make them be the team that Postal Coglu is laying them out to be you can see what he's trying to do, watching them against us um, they were I was really really impressed in a, in a lot of ways the the speed in which they play the transitions and counter is frightening um, for a team of from Motherwell team which is full of big lumbering guys there's a couple of times it just looked it was like kids turning up at like an old boys fives game just disappearing off away from them and that that the speed at which they can do that is going to affect teams in terms of how they set up for set plays because you can't commit the bodies forward if you're certain if you're certain half which for a collection of guys in the league is going to be a little bit lumbering you can't risk that anymore it's you either have to drop more guys back into cover something like that at all but the my main feeling was that playing Furuhashi through the middle feels like a real waste of him but again they didn't have anybody else to play there so that's, he's going to have to play there but him and Jota playing either side of a centre forward is going to be very very dangerous for a lot of teams and that's where I'm beginning to see with Celtic as well they're now 
they're what four unbeaten in all competitions three unbeaten in the league and look like a little bit like they're rolling as well they're starting to get players back and fit Julian coming back if he's presumably not lost he's presumably not lost a huge amount of ability um, since he knackered his knee off a post he gives them a much more much deeper defensive security than Starfelt or Carter Vickers can Juranovic looks like a reasonable player as well he feels more like a like a Postacoglu signing rather than a Celtic board signing James McCarthy um, I think they're going to improve quite dramatically over the next few weeks which my, my main feeling about this was a case of how quickly a couple of weeks changes everything for a team as well um, I know Celtic had, had won before they turned up to play us and beating Aberdeen but I had a real I, I, I absolutely believed that we could go and take something off Celtic against us and the way the game played out maybe that's still true um, but I don't certainly the next time we roll up to play Celtic I'd be very surprised if my, I feel anywhere close to the idea that we'll be able to take anything off them they look like they are beginning to roll and even guys like Mikey Johnson coming back and being fit feels like he could come in and step in they're still waiting on Forrest to come back there's more and more bodies returning for them and I think they'll be very good and they'll buy more in January yeah you can see he's building yeah. something there you really can uh, it's interesting what you say about um, Kyogo and Jamakis though and I wouldn't disagree that they, they needed a number 9 but I wonder I wonder how much they will lose not having Furuhashi through the middle long term given what he's shown so far there and there have been times when he's moved out to the left I think against Rangers might have been yeah. one of those matches and they've yeah. not really got as much out of him I I, th- I think giving him rather than moving him wide as a, a traditional wide player there are other options that yeah yeah I think I think giving him more freedom essentially mm. um, to go and pick up pockets of space his movement is absolutely fantastic I think I, I think that's something which you've been, everyone's sort of made comment on the way that he moves around the pitch having him having the freedom to do that whether it's against certain halves against fullbacks against the, the opposite side fullback he looks like it looks like to me I would give him more freedom to go and do that but if he's going to have to, if he's playing as number nine then he has to do certain number nine duties but if you're going to spread the rest of the pitch around in order to cover him to have the freedom to do that fair enough I think I, he has the ability to do it a, a guy that's um, learned off Iniesta and yeah has, has shown has shown incredible ability so far yeah I, I think I, I don't think you're wrong I think he, he could play a number of positions and be very very good for yeah. for Celtic let's move on to the final match of the weekend and that was Aberdeen 1 title challengers Hibs 0 a win for Stephen Glass at the start of a nightmare run of fixtures for for him recently uh, really and what an absolutely amazing finish it was from Ramirez, who has probably been their only bright spot this season, is that, is that fair to say? I, oh, wait, sorry, we've got Ramsey, we've got, I suppose Mackenzie's been quite good, Brown, but he's been, and I think he's shown that if you get the ball into him, if you feed him in the box, he'll score goals. I think he's shown that a number of times this season, and I think there's times when he struggled, when he struggled and he's, He's he's not been getting the service. I was really annoyed at his goal, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> I was really annoyed about this. So, over the past 
what, six weeks. Uh, Ramirez has been comfortably the most expressive player in Scottish football. Uh, mainly he's a he's lovely been, big lad. I, he's been the most expressive guy. He's been knocking, he's just been looking like he's been finding it really hard that he's missing chances, which as a centre forward, that's your job, that's what you're there to do. But every time he misses, he's got these like massive dramatic responses and I fucking love it. It's brilliant. Like I, I want a player to express everything that they feel. I think that's absolutely magic. And he's missing chances and you can see he's getting so frustrated. And I can see why Aberdeen fans can will, will give him patience because you can tell it's really it's really fucking bothering him. And then he scores, right? And he goes all Marco Negri and just gets the ball and runs back. You prick. This is not this is what I signed up for in the slightest. I'd come out I bought shares in Christian Ramirez goal celebration being really excited because he's because he's finally scored and it's a weight off his shoulder he's ready to go no 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 he goes goes and gets the ball does the Marco Negri thing and starts trotting back to the halfway like you prick he knows nothing's won yet Graham he knows nothing's won yet fizzing absolutely fizzing no but it's, it's actually really interesting you say that because I was at St Mirren when they lost and he got taken off in the second half and he he had played pretty well he had taking his goal brilliantly it was, a, it was an excellent header uh, into the far top corner and he got taken off and he was sitting with his bib in his hand his kind of his legs spread and he was, he was I'm, I'm doing it on a podcast I don't know why I'm doing it for your benefit yeah, yeah, and not realising yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on a podcast and he's got his head there and you can see or sitting back and puffing his cheeks and he, he was doing it about 10 minutes after he had come off or something like that he was still doing it and I tried to ask him after the game, but there was loads of people asking questions, and I tried to ask it like five times, and uh, other people just got in there with questions, which is fair enough. I mean, nobody, there's no kind of rules for who goes when or whatever. Uh, but that's what I was going to ask him. I was going to ask him, was that because of your own performance or just because because of the the way the match turned out after you you guys had been looking so good? To, but I uh, didn't get the chance to ask it. And probably just as well because I think that well, <laughs> no, no, he was a lovely lad. Even he was getting dragged away uh, by the 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 woman who does their their media. I'm not sure what her name is, but he he was getting um, dragged. Out. I think she was done with the amount of questions that had been asked. And they've got quite a long journey up the road, so I think she was just wanting to get him away because he tried to um, he tried to. Say to me, so, I mean, I'm gonna sit and answer everything. Yeah, he wanted to. He was like, oh, "Do you want to go there?" And I was like, "Man, that's no, okay. It's fine." <laughs> she was already like pulling away by the backpack. What an absolute kicking Joe Louis got in this game as well. By the way, like every sort of every sort of ten minutes, it felt like somebody else had hit Joe Louis, and it was the one he was down for quite a while. Like that looks awfully sore. Like a number, like over and over again. Just it seemed to be, and it wasn't a case of like Joe Louis doing big brave things. I was suggesting he's not a big brave guy, but it wasn't a case of him doing like big daft brave things. And getting hurt, he was just doing like regular goalkeeper stuff, but getting absolutely leathered while he was doing it. Is Jack Ross the new Stephen Glass? Is Jack Ross the next target for Kenny McIntyre? I had a, a message from an unnamed Aberdeen fan earlier on who reckoned that Ross would be 50% of a better manager if he was 20% more stupid. Um, and I don't like. And it sounds really mean, but I do. I do think that Ross has a tendency to to kind of overthink and over overemphasize other teams' games and how they're going to affect Hibernian and games like this in particular as well. And I, I realise Hibs have players missing, and 
this game really highlighted more than anything else and Tony was talking about this at length in terms of how much Hibs are affected by Porteous not being there not from a defensive sense but in an attacking sense and that Porteous can Porteous can play football better than Hanlon and McGregor can, he, can, he can ping balls around and it really without his sort of accuracy and being able to do that it seemed to sort of slow Hibernian Hibernian seemed to struggle in it to begin to build any kind of attack particularly well they also played more long balls in this game than they have all season long. It's, I, I, I think that's kind of part of that because it's not, it's Hanlon and McGregor trying to replicate what Portis brings, but they don't quite have the same level of sort of accuracy and football and ability as, as Ryan Portis is able to bring to that. On top of that as well, watching this game back as well, it really did scream out to me and again this, I've done this on basically every podcast I've been on talking about Doyle, or talking about Hibs in the last like 18 months like, it kind of feels like the game which was perfect for Christian Doyle to be in there as well because it, against the three centre halves of Aberdeen who looked an awful lot better as a three which I think everybody who'd watched Aberdeen for more than 10 minutes was insisting that Aberdeen switched their back three because it seems to benefit everybody in there Ross McCrory had a good game because he did the things which you would expect him to be good at in the back three because it gives them that little bit of less responsibility because you're splitting amongst the other two but without Doys there and without Porteous there the fact that Hibs changed what they were doing two or three times kind of screamed out like these are the players that you need and Hibs fans at the start of the season were screaming out in the transfer window what we need is a, a Doys backup which I realised they brought on James Scott to, to play that role as well which to me seems really strange at the time because certainly his time at Motherwell, James Scott was not a number nine. James Scott played wide and bullied fullbacks because he is a big guy, but he's not quite big enough to bully a centre half. It's that, that sort of halfway home and you expect at some point he will learn how to do that. The reason Motherwell played him wide was so he could start to learn how to do that by bullying fullbacks first and then you move up to to, to bullying centre halves and you need a centre half that can can do the things that Porteous can do or do the things a little bit better, but just... And these are the two positions which now at this point of the season, like you're saying, the squad is thin. Everybody's squad is thin. There is basically outside Rangers and Celtic, there's no squad in the league that if you take their two best or most useful players out of the squad, then they're going to be a good team. And you will see that at United at this season. You'll see it at Hearts this season. You'll see it at Motherwell this season. You'll see everybody at Aberdeen. Will, everybody will have to deal with that at some point in this season. It's just the nature of football. But everyone, like every Hibson I know seemed to, before the season kicked off said, these are the things that we need. These are the things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. These are the things mm-hmm. that we need to have. And like, coming back to Ross as well, like I understand that Doig hasn't had the season this season that he had last year. I don't know whether he had the knock, but like that backline looked just even on just on paper that looked like a creaking backline before the game had kicked off. Half like, of the got, cup final winning team. Yeah, oh, half right. of the cup final winning defense. Sorry. You can't, like, at some point, you need to start moving beyond that. And I understand that, I, I totally understand that having McGregor and, and Stevenson around Hibs is a big part of why they've been successful over the past few years as well, because they, what they bring off the field is as important as what it is on the field. You and I will remember Hibs dressing rooms from the past 20 years, which seemed absolutely poisonous. And that's just not been an issue at Hibs for years and years. But at some Wait point. Wait for a couple of Patreons on that. <laughs> at some point you have to recognise that these guys maybe aren't quite cutting it to turn up against Aberdeen. Aberdeen have been poor, but Aberdeen are a top three, top four side in Scotland and almost certainly will be become the end of the season if they play to their abilities. 
playing them in this game is not the game that you play them in play them against County play them against Dundee let them play uh, if you're going to rotate those are the games you rotate in turning up at Aberdeen which is always and it sounds a cliche to say it's always a difficult place to go to go and play in Aberdeen it's difficult because Aberdeen have been consistently good for about 10 fucking years so of course it is so it's not the game that you look to bring these guys in unless you have to in McGregor's case you had to because you don't miss a certain half but yeah or Sorry, well, they, they also there. had to because they didn't sign anybody else good enough to, well, yes, to, to exactly, play yeah. But uh, yeah, to finish off, I think go back to Aberdeen. A big part of their win here was Marley Watkins being back and having somebody good and close to Ramirez. I think really done wonders for them. The negative for them is that few injuries, two of them looking pretty bad, and from one of them the most productive player this season and Calvin Ramsey I think he tops the assist charts or joint he, top he, hmm? he's got four joint top four. joint top right yeah. there you go um, and yeah both from open play and from set pieces his deliveries have been great and McKenzie hasn't quite been as good as Ramsey but he still looked a good player for them uh, a mature player for his age as well during a difficult spell for them I think that says a lot about the guy that yeah. Even during a difficult spell, he's he's not stood out as one of their weak links, or he's having howlers every two or three games. He's he's like you say, he's been he's been at worst competent in this uh, yeah. Aberdeen team. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be going to be quite interesting to see how they line up because I mean they have signed quite a lot of players, but uh, they've not left themselves with a thin squad whatsoever. But they they just seem to be having a bit of a, a, a wee bit of an injury crisis especially in defence because centre half was where it kind of started but McKenzie was one of the players that could have moved into the centre of defence he's done that before and uh, and then they, they, they could have Hayes or they've got other options that they could play at, at wing back instead so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they like because there's midweek games Coming up, and yep. how their how their defense is going to line up. Will Will Brown start as part of the uh, back three? You mentioned them moving to that back three, and he he even slotted in there and played quite well. But even when he plays as the defensive midfielder, when they play a back four, a lot of his positioning he may as well be a centre half for them. And that's not to yeah. take anything away. I'm not trying to criticize them. That's just there's lots of that. That's, Lots of players who play that role and he, he seems to be doing it quite effectively. So I think if they need him to play as a sweeper type or a guy coming out of defence, I think uh, I think he'd I think he'd be uh, able to do it for them. I think it's spot on. I think that's that's going that that's going to or that should be Brown's role for the next eighteen months at Aberdeen. He has I think it's pretty clear that Scott Brown has a, a a, a very good tactical awareness about where he's meant to be and what he's meant to be doing. Um, I, he really struggled against Charlie Adam in the the game at Dundee because Adam's touch was just. I mean, the idea the, the idea that I mean, it's not that Brown is massively slower or massively off the pace from Adam, but just the way in which Adam plays football, he's a very good footballer. So Brown really, really struggled to get close to him in that game. He, I, however, against. Hibs, he just dropped deep, and it allowed like don't you don't need to charge around to contribute to the Aberdeen team. What you need to do is be the leader in the middle of the park and point. And I, I know this is sort of again 
going back to sort of cliches of Scott Brown standing in the middle of the park and pointing at people, but stand in the middle of the park and fucking point at people because you've got guys around you that will do that legwork for you. You don't have to be there. You don't have to be doing it, but you can tell them to fucking do it as well. And I'd echo what you said, said about Watkins as well. He was terrific throughout the game. It kind of felt like the sort of attacking performance that from an Aberdeen player in that sort of role that's been missing since Scott Wright uh, headed off the Rangers as well. Just that ability to take the ball in and with him and the team, it felt to me, Aberdeen felt a little bit one-dimensional in terms of how they played and what they were trying to do. But having him and Hedges and Ramirez and Ferguson breaking from midfield as well and your fullbacks getting forward, they suddenly become a more challenging proposition to try and shut down. Go back to the game against us. Um, we were very, very comfortable and competent to shut down Aberdeen because, it kind, as I say, it kind of felt like a, a one-dimensional team. But the addition of, of Watkins fit and firing and doing playing like that allows them to have a sort of attacking front three, which immediately is going to make things more difficult for teams to go against. This one, Graham, I think that's us. Magic. Who do you think we've pissed off this week? St. John's the fans. Okay, great. Um, and if you would like more of that, the guys will be back on well, Thursday. St. John's the fans. Yep, it will. It's coming. Um, if you, yeah, so you want more of the tennis podcast then you should wait until Thursday where another episode will be coming out no idea who's going to be on it but in the meantime there's plenty of stuff going up on Patreon there's also review from the terrace and if you haven't already watch a view from the terrace on iPlayer and the next episode of that will be on this Friday 10? half 10? is that half 10? can't remember they put, half 10. put like only an excuse on for half an hour or something before it or I was really confused because they, they they had only an excuse on before it a couple of weeks ago, and then, and then they had it. only an excuse on after it. And are they just putting only an excuse on before and after the show as well, or is it just is it sometimes before, sometimes after? If they put it on before and after, that feels excessive. I'm not sure. Some of the classic clips, I have to say, I enjoyed, but um, the, oh my God, there's some that they just should not have included in a best of that Greta Thunberg one. And uh, what the fuck? It's probably, I mean that's. Arguably the worst sketch they ever did. I will not speak. Okay, we're out of here. Thanks, Craig. See you later on. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.